Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are in our third week of a new study through the Gospel of Mark. Last week, we aired an introductory message entitled, Why is Mark Remarkable? But the title of today's message is, Why is John Remarkable? Well, wait a minute. I thought you said we were preaching through the book of Mark. We are. There are four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each one deals with the earthly ministry of Jesus from a little different perspective, and each author's focus is a little different. Mark starts out with the ministry of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah, as foretold in the Old Testament. You may wonder, why is he so important to the purpose of Mark's gospel? Well, find out as you listen today and each day this week to the message preached by Pastor Jim Harris entitled, Why is John Remarkable? He was preaching repent and people who were confessing were being baptized. The, the baptism then is like the baptism now in that it is a, an outward symbol of what is accomplished inwardly by the Holy Spirit. No works of the law, not even the law of God, not even the baptism of John, ever secures forgiveness and salvation. The baptism was connected to confessing their sins. And as I say in that culture, only the ones who were renouncing false gods and turning to the true God were ever immersed. And John says you all need to repent and be thus baptized. Mark chapter 1, verse 5, all the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem. I think those two uses of the word all there are hyperbolic. You know, he's saying everybody's coming. Well, I don't think necessarily every single soul from Jerusalem, every single soul from the whole region of Judea uh, came out to John. But the point is, he was irresistible. An amazing amount of attention being devoted to this strange guy who lives in a, in a desert wilderness. It says now, notice it says that they were um, going out to him. It doesn't matter where you were, you had to go out and find John because he lived nowhere. If, if, if there was a village, he wasn't there. He lived by himself. Out, Everybody had to go somewhere to get to him. He drew people from as far away as Jerusalem, roughly uh, 20 miles, maybe, maybe a little bit more than, than 20 miles from uh, Jerusalem down to the part of the, of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. And let me, let me give you a comparison. Now, in miles, it's about twice as far from downtown Boise to Bogus Basin as it is from, say, Jericho to Jerusalem, but the elevation change is the same. So cut the distance in half. And it was an all-day hike at best if you were on the downhill direction to get from Jerusalem down to where John was. A lot of people wouldn't make it in one day. And if, if you were on the way up the hill, you certainly would have stopped off halfway. 
uh, on the road that was now that was made famous by the story of the Good Samaritan, quite a snake path that winds from there up to from Jer- from Jericho up to uh, Jerusalem. So uh, imagine that kind of elevation. They, they 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 did that much walking just to get to John the Baptist, and they came from all around, not just Jerusalem, maybe on the other side of the Jordan River even up in the Jordan Valley, maybe even from Galilee, we don't know. The point is they came, they listened, they confessed, they repented, and they were baptized. Now remember, no one was baptized in that system other than Gentile converts. So to come and hear John and confess your sins and be baptized was to admit, I am spiritually bankrupt. I need generosity. I need grace. John the Baptist was remarkable not only because he did what God's Word required of him, but he was remarkable because his message was radical. He was telling people to discount all the status that they thought they had for following their spiritual leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, to come as if they were unclean Gentiles. So learn from John the Baptist. Number one, to do what God's Word says. Number two, to repent. Number three, dress for success. I I couldn't help myself. I had to name this outline point that one. Mark chapter 1 verse 6. You know where it's going. John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist, and his diet was locusts and wild honey. Now, clearly, this guy was not into trying to impress the local Jerusalem fashion editors. His clothes were nothing but practical, rugged, and long-wearing. Now, I confess, to my knowledge, I have never tried clothing woven from camel's hair, but I hear it isn't exactly the most comfortable and great-looking sort of thing. I've never even gotten close enough to shave a camel, let alone to try to then weave thread from, uh, from its hair. I have ridden a camel one time for a few steps, but uh, didn't take any hair with me. Uh, It's an interesting connection here. You can compare this description of John the Baptist to one of the early descriptions of the prophet Elijah. Elijah the Tishbite. Way back in 2 Kings 1, verse 8, it describes him this way. He was a hairy man with a leather girdle bound about his loins. Now, we're not talking about his body hair. We're referring to the fact that he's the one who set the fashion standard for prophets. He was covered in camel's hair and a rough leather belt. And from that, on, from that time on, Elijah was the standard of fashion for most of God's prophets. There is even a quotation that false prophets who were trying to deceive people into thinking they were God's messengers, should wear uh, camel's hair and a rough leather belt so they would look like it. So I call this point dress for success for a reason. Well, John was a prophet. This was his successful ministry. But I think there's a lesson to to be learned from the fact that John the Baptist never tried to identify with the people he preached to. He wanted to identify with his God. He wanted everything about him to get out of the way of his message. That's 180 degrees 
opposite to most of what people are being taught today about preaching. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter what people think of you personally. It doesn't matter if you can make it on to their A list of who they want to invite to their events. I, I don't want to be on a lot of people's A lists if it has anything to say about my character. It matters that you are identified as clearly as possible with God and His message, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You listen to some things that are rather blatantly being taught to to, uh, preachers in training these days, and you would think if you really want to be successful, figure out how to fit into skinny jeans and get plenty of tattoos. But that's not the point. It's not... you, You don't... You don't call people to repentance by becoming like them. You call people to repentance by speaking the truth of God's Word in love. So here is John, clothed with camel's hair, wearing a leather belt around his waist, and his diet was locusts and wild honey. Why locusts and wild honey? Well, Let's take a field trip and we'll go out to that wilderness and see what you can find to eat there. Now, it was a a nourishing diet. You got some protein, you got some carbohydrates, but not exactly in the gourmet category. It was the main food available in the wilderness. Perhaps it was also sort of an ongoing fasting of denying himself the regular foods customary in his world. Remember, his his dad was a priest. He had grown up somewhere around uh, Jerusalem, so he knew eating normal, but um, he ate locusts. It's interesting that if you check out Leviticus 11.22, there were exactly three insects that were allowed to be part of the diet under the law of Moses. You could have uh, locusts and their cousins crickets and grasshoppers. They're the only ones. You say, well, how do you eat a locust? Well, one might apply the words of famous person in our culture. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's locust kebabs, locust creole, locust gumbo, pan-fried, deep-fried, stir-fried. There's pineapple locust, lemon locust, coconut locust, pepper locust, locust soup, locust stew, locust salad, locust and potatoes, locust burger, and locust sandwich. Now, don't say I don't do my research. I nailed that word for word. Locusts and wild honey. I'm sure his food and diet were a rebuke to the self-satisfied, self-indulgent, self-righteous religious leaders of his day. But you notice John never called anyone to live like he lived. He lived like he lived to identify with God as his messenger. He called people only to repent from their sins and to be ready to meet Jesus. John the Baptist was remarkable because he cared about serving the Lord. He wanted to do what God's Word told him to do. He was remarkable because of his radical message of repentance. And he was remarkable because he cared only about serving the Lord. He did not care what people thought of him. What about his message? And one more lesson is about his message. Preach Christ. Verses 7 and 8, and we're done for today. And he was preaching and saying, After me 
One is coming who is mightier than I. Remember the idea of the herald coming before the king? So I'm just the front man. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.